Hey everybody, welcome to Uncomplicated Truth Talk with your host, licensed Christian counselors, Dr. Kim and Naomi. Each episode, you will hear the truth of the Word of God in a relaxed, real, and authentic conversation that help you navigate the issues in life and help you stay in the lane God has for you. So grab your coffee and listen to Uncomplicated Truth Talk with Dr. Kim and Naomi. So, how was your week? Um, it was it was busy, but but not not uh, not too not, crazy. Not too crazy this week. Thank you, Lord. Right. How about you? It was a little crazy with some space. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That helps. Yeah. That helps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a little crazy with some space. Yeah. That's, that's how I see it. Yeah. Yeah. That that definitely helps. <laughs> right. Yeah. There wasn't like anything that was too, you know, sometimes you just, at the end of the day, you're like, okay, I need a cup of hot tea. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, but here we are Friday already. Yes. Like the weeks are just flying through because, wow. what is it? The ninth, yeah, I think of so. February. <laughs> yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah, I cannot yeah. believe that we've yeah. gone through January already. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I mean, Christmas. What was that? I don't remember. No, <laughs> I don't either. I know. And then the weather's confusing, so it's very confusing. Which I like saved my workout to like go for a walk later. Yeah, because it's supposed to be in the yes sixties. Right? I know. Yeah. It would be a good day for it. Yes. I'm going to do that later. So Good. I have to keep telling myself to do that because by the end of the day, you know, it's like uh-huh. you get tired. But Right. I, I can don't think of a miss. million things to do when I get home. Right. I don't want to miss the weather, though. Yeah. I'm going to make myself it looks do pretty that. out there. Yeah. Sun shining. Right. Right. Okay, so we're going to continue on from our discussion last week on healing from dysfunctional family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, this week, we're going to talk more about the characteristics of a dysfunctional family. Yes. We covered um, last week the primary needs, which mm-hmm. are physical guidance and nurturing. And we went into depth of what that is and what a child needs in an upbringing. Right. And if any of those are missing, there is dysfunction, or you could also call it abuse. Oh, yeah. If there's any uh, neglect of any of that. So... Um, we're going to go into the characteristics of a dysfunctional family. And again, we just want to make a claimer that it's not, a, it's not uncommon. It's not, it, it shouldn't be offensively if, you know, and I, sadly some people are kind of joke about it. Like, yeah, I have dysfunction in my family, but it, it is very prevalent. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, dysfunction will if you don't learn from it as a child, you're, you then carry baggage. Yeah, then the generational cycle continues. Right, and just think about even the analogy of baggage, of a bag on your back. And yeah. everything traumatic, everything painful mm-hmm. from your childhood, it just keeps getting stuffed in this bag yeah. to where it's so, so heavy. And as counselors, we can see that eventually it always catches up with you 
For sure. Why? Because God wants you to heal from it. God doesn't yeah. want you to carry that baggage. I always, uh, like when I'm talking to my uh, my premarital couples or couples and we know that there's dysfunction happening, I always talk to them about they're each bringing a suitcase full of laundry into the marriage. Mm -hmm. And in that laundry, they're, they both have dirty laundry mixed with the clean. Yeah. And then they end up dumping all of their laundry out and it intermingles together. And now you've got both of their dysfunctions right. mingled together. And Ew. then they've got to, mm -hmm. they got to clean that out so that their laundry is, is clean. Yeah. And it may take a while to do yeah. that because I mean, if you've lived in it for so long right. or it's learned, right. And here you are an adult now, now you gotta unlearn some bad things. Right, and it's harder as adults to unlearn things. Yeah. And you, some things you just think are normal. Right. Like you had because no you idea. Because you don't know, you don't have <laughs> yeah. like any guide to right. say, okay, um, you don't have like any measure, measuring stick right. to say, um, yeah, this is this is good. This is bad. You know, and no. Don't, don't you think sometimes too? Like when you're talking to someone, I have like gone through a list of descriptions of. Um, they don't know until afterwards, but I go through a list of description of like uh, examples of emotional and verbal abuse. Yeah, and I go through it, and them they're telling me, "Yep, yep, that, yep, yep, yep." You know, and I'm like, "Well, what I just described is emotional and verbal abuse." And yep. they look at me with... Right, because they like, never put a name to it. Yeah, it, it's like, it, they're like, oh. That's what that was. Yeah, like, okay. Mm -hmm. And then it starts, I feel like the light bulbs start going off and it all like the pieces go together like, okay, this is why I'm so stressed or such anxiety or I'm feeling depressed or I'm feeling worthless because this is happening like constantly yeah. in my life from the right. person that I love. Right. You know, and so um, it's just like revelations going off. But it knowledge is power, which is absolutely why we always we, say that. Why we do a lot of these podcasts is to give you wisdom knowledge. and knowledge so you know how to deal with what you have. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's go through, um, well, let me explain one thing about the, the common handicaps. Now, what that means is in a dysfunctional family, um, we can fall into two dysfunction because of handicaps. And common handicaps are uh, drug addiction, alcoholism, mental and emotional problems, depression, and anger management issues. Um, and some of these handicaps uh, can be generational, as you can see in family history, if there's depression or alcoholism that ran into it. And just think about your own homes. Was any of that present? Um, and if it was, you can see where people will maybe walk on eggshells around that person or they change yeah. their behaviors around that person. Yep. Maybe they don't feel safe. Mm -hmm. And again, that's taking away some of the guidance and nurturing that a child needs. They don't feel safe in their home. Mm -hmm. Like your home should be your safe haven. Absolutely. You know? 
kids should be able to, after a stressful day at school, think about a child that's bullied and then they come home and they don't feel safe to express what's happening. Yeah. You know, because there's chaos in the home or there's that handicapped person that gets all the attention. Yeah. And, and they don't feel worthy enough to even think that their problems are big. Right. You know? Right. Oh, yeah. It's kind of sad. So mm-hmm. let's go through some of these. Um, the needy or handicapped family member gets all the attention. I just said that. Mm-hmm. The needy person controls the family like a puppeteer. Ooh. And you know what? Even kids can be that. Yeah. It, yeah. Not just adults. I mean, kid can be... Children can be, or teenagers can be, the one that's controlling the whole entire family dynamic. Right. Yeah, it doesn't just mean an adult. Yeah. I just had this discussion. Wow. Yeah. That um, the, um, the teenager, because of whatever issues the teenager has, is actually controlling what is happening in the family. Oh. Whether or not um, they can sit down and have a family meal because of something that the daughter, a condition the daughter has, mm. and she's not using coping mechanisms with, with that condition. So it, it really does, she's the puppeteer right. of the family because she's controlling right. what happens and what does not happen. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it's more than just adults. Yeah. You know? For sure. Um, Feelings are not expressed or only certain ones are allowed. Oh, oh, okay. Because it's a characteristic of a dysfunctional family. Yeah. I had, uh, I came across something probably two weeks ago that um, you're only, in this particular family, you're only allowed to talk about certain things. Only certain things. So you got to keep it at a certain level. It can never get, um, you know, there can never be any conflict. Mm. There can mm. never be any discussions on hard things that come up within the family. Wow. So, wow. yeah. Again, that's a lack of guidance, not teaching them how to communicate. Right. Yeah. Wow. This is all examples yeah. that kids end up learning right or teenagers yeah and then they they repeat the cycle they grow up not being comfortable with conflict or discussion or disagreements and they don't know how to even process that right so that's when they fall into either being a yielder withdrawal or fight to win they Uh don't know how to lovingly resolve a conflict gosh communication is so big yeah yeah especially in in conflict right which, I mean, we've talked about this yeah. a million times on communication and conflict. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that's interesting. Right. Um, the next one is the family have has hidden agendas. Denial of problems is the normal. Mm. The family has hidden agendas. Denial of problems. So, like, people sweeping things under the rug yeah. and not addressing them. Mm-hmm. And they're maybe uh, uncomfortable, so that's their agenda is just deny it because it would make them uncomfortable. Yeah. Or it would expose them. Right. That could be a hidden agenda. It exposes truth, so mm-hmm. let's just deny 
and not face anything, sadly. Yeah, right. Um, this one we might need to spend a little time on. It says destructive roles are permitted, such as following such as the following roles that children will assume to cope with the shame of the family. So basically a child will fall into one of these different roles uh, when there's dysfunction present. Uh, there is the hero child. Mm. They're going to be so perfect. It'll cover up any flaws or any shame that the family's holding. Mm. Uh, also, they're going to like not raise any attention on them. They're going to be like the perfect little right. soldier. Right. Um, and this is where perfectionism falls. Ugh. That's a lot of pressure for kids. Yeah. Um, there is a, let me see if there's some insight on this other book about um, perfectionism. Yeah. Um, this is a very, very, very good book. I would say this is up next to Broken Children, Grown Up Pain. Really? Yep. yep. You really? Have, you have to read this. I think we mentioned this before in a podcast, but it's A Path Through Pain by Ed and Lisa Young. This is way up there. Way, Get way up there out. on the top of my people have to read this. I'm reading it a second time. Um, but it talks, it talks about dysfunction um, and being stuck in that, having the baggage. Like we usually intermingle baggage and dysfunction together. But um, let me just read this little in this few uh, paragraphs on perfectionism. It says, some of us manage our pain with perfectionism. This is especially true for those of us who grew up in dysfunctional families. Because of past trauma, we want everything to be right. We are determined not to be messed up like our family was. Nope, we're gonna be the opposite. We're gonna be perfect. Mm. <laughs> or in what might seem like an ironic twist, this is interesting, perfectionism can also express itself as a determination to live above it all. We decide, I'm gonna be laid back. Nothing's gonna bother me, I'm chill. It's still perfectionism because we have to work hard at trying not to work hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're perfectionistic in our determination to be laid back regardless of what it cost us. Whatever form it takes, perfectionism causes us pain because it leaves no room for grace, mm -hmm. no room for God. It's performance-based yes. and shame-driven. Isn't that interesting? It is very. So that's called the hero child. Um, you want to read the second one? The scapegoat child? Mm -hmm. Wow. Says, um, I will take the blame for everything. Yes. <clears throat> I've run across people like that, children. Uh -huh. They just want to, they want to take the blame so that the thing stops, right? Whatever's happening right then and there. And we don't have to go any further with it. Yeah. They don't want to see pe other people hurt in the family. Right. They just want the brunt of it, that's even if a, it's not their fault. Gosh, I know. Even if it's not their fault, that's a lot of pressure on a kid. Yeah. Think about what that could like form into. Well, can you see kids who are in an abusive home? Mm -hmm. so, a, a kid being the scapegoat so that another child doesn't get hurt. Yeah. You know I've what heard, I mean? I've heard stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. But see, they're not, I, I feel like they would grow up not having 
having worth or value to themselves because they're or really having difficulty then expressing their own needs. Yeah. Because they've always put everybody else absolutely above them and don't feel worthy enough. Yeah. So yeah. Um, there's the clown child. Mm-hmm. I'll make it all a joke. I'll always laugh and make fun in order to not have to cope. Absolutely. Yeah. Just everything's a joke. You know, and sometimes yeah. people will pick up um, a nervous twitch of just kind of laughing about something when it's actually a nervous anxiety. I've seen that in people. And even laughing when it's not appropriate. Right. You That's know what I mean? what they do because they're actually yeah. kind of stressed at the moment. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've even had adults come in my office and they'll be talking about something hard. And then uh, I had one woman who kind of chuckled as she was talking about the thing that was really hard. And she's like, I'm not laughing at that. I go, I know what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're doing. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Then there's the lost child. I will fade away. I'll just not exist. I will fade into the woodwork. Mm. Um, mm. It's that child that really actually does that. They just kind of like... Recluse. Yeah, they isolate. They yeah. avoid. They like run. Yeah. Basically, they... Um, it's sad though, because sometimes that's not what they want, but the handicapped person or the mom or dad completely ignore what it is that's happening. The child in, in yeah. a sense of maybe maybe putting more attention on on other things than realizing um, they're neglecting right quality time maybe with the child um, or don't you think that happens being in their world don't you think that happens I mean it could happen in big and small families yeah. but especially with big families mm-hmm. a lot of children in the family there's usually there's usually the one that just kind of for whatever reason yeah i mean i had a a big family i can pretty much peg what each of us were sure it's so crazy yeah how accurate these are oh i know so we also have um the last one is the surrogate spouse child it's a child that assumes the role of of a wife or father so like let's say there's an alcoholic father and then the wife would then actually put on more responsibility, let's say on the oldest son, you know, doing things that the father is lacking in. Yeah. Maybe things around the house, maybe helping the other siblings with homework, taking kids, their siblings to sports events, things like that, that that should be the father's role. Yeah. Um, A lot of kids will fall into picking up that. Or I've heard, you know, um, a mother where she's depressed and then you've got the other girls picking up yeah. the motherly duties of housework and caring, oh, yeah. like becoming second mother yeah. um, to the other siblings because mom is yeah. depressed and lacking in what her roles are. Oh, I could totally see that I am a <laughs> hero child and the surrogate spouse mm-hmm. because I was the one that was raising the my sister and brother. Yeah. 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 Where do you think you... I think I was the same. The surrogate? Yeah, I definitely yeah. had, you know, at 14. Yeah. Know, mom had to pick up a lot of the role. And right. I was... I did struggle with perfectionism. And yeah. Making sure I followed the rules, did everything right. Sure. Now, 
not saying that I did though. Right. <laughs> you were trying um, to do the I best you can. To be, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for it sure. It is a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure on these kids. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, so another characteristic is the family fails to nurture. So with dysfunction mm. and not learning what's lacking and not taking care of their own issues to mature themselves, the one that is the handicap, you just kind of continue in and try to try to survive. You only know sadly. what you know. Yeah. Yeah. You just survive. That's you don't that live. Is, Think about it. You're just surviving, not yeah. living. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I could totally see that in my family growing up. Yeah. It just seems like we were always in survive mode. Oh, yeah. Same. You know? Right. And it's like, I know other... I Like, I had the wherewithal to know as a teenager that other people don't operate like this yeah other families don't like i heard things about you know you know how other families did things together or they just how they operated was so different i think i was um naive to that because being raised in that cult of religion yeah you could only be around those people in that Oh. So, and they, they always, like, I feel like everybody struggled. Yeah. Because it wasn't it wasn't grace and freedom. No. Knowing Jesus. So you were in this where a poor community. Oh, yeah. Because they didn't believe in going to college and, you know, being prosperous. Like, that was a no-no. You and don't do things in the Bettering yourselves. Yeah. And so it was like this very dysfunctional whole community <laughs> of people and... So I think I just thought that was normal. Thank God yeah. I found Jesus. Oh, girl, wow. I say the same things for myself. Thank God I found found the Lord. Yeah, yeah. So I think I just thought, oh, this is this is how this you is normal. You struggle. This is what we you, do. You, you just survive. How sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, there is a, in the family there's a general lack of trust mm. we see that a lot don't mm -hmm. we in homes where yeah you know if you don't feel safe you're not going to trust if you no. don't feel that you have a voice or that you're important in the home yeah you're how not are these trust. how are these kids going to trust their parents if they see their parents doing things that are dishonest yeah dishonest oh i saw that left and right i saw that left and right with my mom and dad number two they would they were never forthright yeah you know and it was never um there was just like a weird twist to everything mm. yeah how confusing confusing yeah. oh my gosh so confusing wow yeah um the family can be closed to the outside world i kind of just spoke about that yeah we totally were. You just had we the community able to do that you were in. Really? No extra activities at school. <laughs> really? Yes. Wow. Yes. Interesting. Very. But what was the what was the uh, reasoning behind that? Because you had to stay within your community. Yeah, because they truly believe that no one, anyone that is not i'm just going to say it a jehovah witness is worldly and you guys are bad and your jehovah doesn't love you or gentiles 
<laughs> yeah. Really? Yes. Yes. Gosh. So we were not able to have friends outside of it, you know. I'm so against everything and what Jesus is. I mean. Right. But it's really brainwashing. It really comes to, because some of these people are very nice, genuine people that actually think this is the right that way. That is the right way. They're, they're so brainwashed into this is the way. So they do try to help speak what they know is the truth because they do try to help save other people. But wow. think about it works. Yeah. Works. Yeah. Like this is why they go door to door. It's works. This is why they, you know, say you have to do so many hours of this and that and, and are constantly like at the church, the kingdom hall is what they call it. Yeah. It's works. It's all works based. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Mm. Um, critical of success and successful people. Yeah, that they were. They, I was raised in that. A little jealousy. It's just more like like their priorities were wrong. Oh, kind of thing. they care more about success and you know having money and wealth. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I could Gosh, do a whole lesson on it. I'm learning so much here. <laughs> um, one member's allowed all of the attention because of constant crisis to the neglect of the other members. One member is allowed all of the attention because of constant crisis to the neglect of the other members. What does this mean? Like, give us an example. So, let's see. So, like, in a dysfunctional home, if you have, let's go back to that word, the handicapped person, there's constant crisis in that person's life and uh -huh. they're allowed all the attention because of it and the other members are completely neglected because all totally the attention has see to go that. to the alcoholic or to the drug yes. addict or to the depressed person. Yeah. Yeah. It was all about dad number two in my household. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're an alcoholic, it's all about them. Right. And then, you know, some alcoholics have anger or yeah. lack of motivation. And, and then there's neglect on, again, their role, what they're doing. So yeah. it gets passed on to the other people. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one member of the family is handicapped because of alcoholism, drug addiction, severe depression, or other behavioral issues. We've talked about that. Feelings or emotions are not allowed except maybe anger. And that may only be allowed to be expressed by one or two people. Interesting. Yeah. Like nobody else in the family could get upset? Yeah, I guess because, again, it goes back to the puppeteer. Yeah. The control. Right. You know, one person has anger issues and then think about somebody with anger issues and then if you got somebody that wants to challenge that, Ooh, oh, that just makes them grow in their yeah. anger. So they're they're actually teaching without saying it for these people to be passive, right, and to be timid uh -huh. and to go away. Yeah, um, just keep the peace because their their anger pushes people away. Yeah. So usually there's only one or two, usually one, 
that can hold the anger because that's what they use to control the others. Oh, wow. You gotta think about that because anger is very prevalent today. So if you have anger issues, you, you have to realize that that is a secondary symptom. Sure. There's, usually it's either you're hurt, you have fear yeah. or frustration. Right. And what happens is if you don't catch that first symptom, mm. then it turns into anger. Yeah. And you got to go back to realizing with God, you can control your emotions because yeah. he gave you self-control. Self-control, for sure. It just takes using these skills mm -hmm. to be consistent. Right. If you can't do it for a week or two. I had this conversation with a client. Have you 100% committed wholeheartedly to everything that I've taught you in here? Mm. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go back to be 100% yeah. committed without one foot in, one foot out, because it won't work. Of course it's not gonna work if, you're, if you don't try it or you do it for a week and you're like, yeah, that's really good, it really works, and then you slack off. It has yeah. to be a consistent thing. So think about your anger was a consistent habit that you always went to. You're gonna have to replace it with something that you stay consistent with to break right. it. Wow. Yeah. Um, How about, uh, let's do one more. Let's see. Shame is a way of life. It can be underlying, but it is always there. Mm. God uh, does not want us to carry shame. Right. Um, let's see if my book had something on shame. It did have something interesting on guilt. Well, let's see what anger says. It had a section on anger in the dysfunctional family. Anger is what we feel when we believe we have been wronged. We might experience anger when we feel attacked, frustrated, or helpless. However, for some, anger becomes a go-to coping mechanism, a way to feel powerful by avoiding vulnerable emotions such as grief, fear, or sadness. We're ready to pounce if someone so much as disagrees with how we take our coffee, cut us off in traffic. You're taking into life, you're taking your life into your hands, or we may bottle up our anger so we can release it on special occasions for maximum impact. That's when we spew all over everyone like a shaking can of toxic soda. Angry people are in pain people. Yeah, for sure. But like many other things, we're, we've packed in our baggage, anger from pain just perpetrates more pain. Mm. Um, this, this is interesting. It talks about guilt is a big one. It, it says true guilt is what we feel when we're responsible for wrongdoing. False mm, guilt false is what guilt. we feel when we take responsibility for something over which we have no control. Right. Gives an example. A child feels guilty when her parents have an argument about how she's performing in school. If she had gotten better grades, they, they wouldn't have fought. Oh, or, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or parents feel guilty for a child's drug abuse, reasoning that it wouldn't have happened if they'd been better parents. Mm. Both are examples of false guilt in action. And some of us are stuck in a pattern of believing that anything that goes wrong is somehow our fault. Mm. Interesting. Yes. Um, and I see that in kids. I see kids carrying that a lot. Oh. False guilt. Yeah. Yeah, it's, for sure. Yeah. 
because it says, uh, we know, and this is a good thing to end on, we know Jesus says, bring it to me, but we don't know how or we don't feel worthy, so we, so we stay stuck in pain. Oh, that's such a bad place for sure. Yeah. You don't, you don't move, you don't, you don't move forward in any way. And like some of the scriptures we could um, bring out is, uh, is Ephesians talking about bringing light to the darkness. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the first step. Yeah. You think? Exposing. Right. Ephesians 5, uh, is it verse 11? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 11 and 13. It says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. And mm. who's the light? Jesus. Yeah, but girl, I like uh, verse 11 because it says, For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. Mm-hmm. Gosh, you gotta, we gotta bring things out. Yeah, you do to the light, so that you can start unpacking that baggage. Right, that dirty laundry you're the talking about. The dirty laundry, for <laughs> yes. sure. We gotta get, gotta get that laundry clean. Yeah. Wow, we talked about a lot today, but we still have more to talk about. So yeah. there is some more characteristics um, we need to go over, and then maybe we'll be able to go into some of the lingering effects. Right, but I just want to mention that book again. It's yes. called A Path Through Pain by Ed and Lisa Young. Yes. Yeah, what a good uh -huh. book. Yeah. All right, well, okay. till next time. All right, see you later. Bye-bye. Uh -huh. Thank you for joining Dr. Kim and Naomi on Uncomplicated Truth Talk. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. For any comments or questions, please feel free to contact them at askthecounselors at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Uncomplicated Truth Talk.